Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the Zach Peters Podcast. I am Zach, and I'm incredibly glad that I get to share with you today. It's been a, been a while with a million things going on in my life, but I am incredibly happy that you get to hear this. And whether you're listening to it on Spotify or iTunes or wherever else, or you're watching it on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And I hope that it encourages you. I hope it inspires you. I hope it helps you grow closer in your relationship with God and hope that you connect with it or with me on some level. Uh, as always, please feel free to like, share, subscribe to, to, to this podcast, wherever you're enjoying it and listening to it on, watching it on. That helps me out uh, a lot, actually. Uh, today, we're talking about love. Love and I talk about love at least once a year with my youth, usually around Valentine's Day, because uh, especially as a teenager, it's really easy to get the wrong idea about love, and that that's even without the world telling you what love is. So, talking about love today, and we're going to start with 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 one of the most basic verses, um, but one of the most popular verses, and it's popular for a reason. Verses in the Bible, John three. 16. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. There's a reason why this verse is incredibly popular, because it means absolutely everything to us. It means absolutely everything to, to the basics of creation and to the basics of the gospel. It's, it's one of the simplest explanations of the gospel. It's even one of the simplest explanations of creation. We are here because God loved us. He loved the world. He loved the thing that he created since the very beginning. And that's the motivation for what God has done, uh, is doing, and will do in the future. A radically overwhelming, perfect love is his motivation for us in our lives. And yet, if we are not careful, if we're not careful, our ideas about love, our, uh, the things that we come up with, the things that we think about, are, are become very separate from the love that God has given us, that God created, that God has rescued from sin and from brokenness. And uh, our love and our ideas about love, what we think love should be, will only be a shadow or an echo of what it really was intended to be from the very beginning. Love, radical love, uh, godly love, is so often different than the love that we come up with. Now, our love touches it. It, it hits around the area of what love should be, but we get it wrong a whole lot. Even the, the best of us get it wrong. We, we, are, we are born right? We're, we're born, we are created, and immediately as babies, we are surrounded by love. I know there are other circumstances that go on in life, but for the most part, when a baby is born, they are surrounded with love, and that baby grows. And as that baby grows, he or she um, will also grow an understanding of love and grow in, in the concept of love. The toddler loves the parents well before the toddler can even understand the concept of, uh, of love. And so love grows naturally in the human process of, of getting older. We, we learn to love our family, brothers and sisters, mothers, aunts, uncles, cousins. We, we learn to love close friends at, at school, at church, from sports teams. We learn, learn to love to grow to, to love places. Uh, uh, we, we learn to love people that... Uh, that we've never met before. We learn to love people uh, of the opposite sex 
in that unique way that's that that's the same yet different than the love that we've experienced for our parents and for our loved ones. We love people so passionately, we decide to give up our individualness to become one with someone else, to give up your freedom, to give up your individuality, all for the sake of, of love. Love grows as you grow. People get love. They, they sort of understand love. There are there are exceptions to people and their understanding and their experience with love, but most people know something about what love is or what it should be, uh, at least to have an opinion about it, right? We can even learn to love, and our love can grow in such a way that we will learn to love people that we've never even met before and learn to love them in powerful ways. In the name of love, people will do all kinds of amazing things. Uh, like 50% of all songs are are about love. There's art that's inspired by, by love. Movements are inspired by love. And when love goes wrong, it hurts really, really, really bad. Before I go on, I, I want to explain why I started thinking about this, you know, in sort of in the middle of the summer. I was recently blessed when my wife gave birth to my son, Benjamin. And wow, do I love that kid. Like, I can't believe how much I love him. But what people didn't tell me was that my love for him, which is brand new, and it gets more and more every day, even whenever he messes his britches so bad that it leaks into his closing clothes, or, or even whenever he, he can't seem to sleep for more than one hour at a time at night. But my love for him grows every single day. And that, that's sort of expected, right? You're supposed to love your kids. What, what I didn't realize is that my love would grow so much uh, for him, that it would also increase my love for, for, for my wife. It would increase my love for my parents, and it would increase my love for other, other people. Love grows, and it's crazy how it grows. Powerful emotion, a very powerful feeling, a, better, a very powerful thing that's happening in my life right now. But if I'm honest, and if I'm really thinking about this thing, this love that I am experiencing, this love that is growing, if it's not connected to God, does that love even really matter? Will it be the type of love that it really needs to be? Will the, will the love have any power? Will it have any teeth? Will it have, have the ability to, to sustain me? And will it have the ability to sustain the people that I love? Will it have this unique power uh, that, that we think love have has if it's not connected to something bigger than itself, and for me, that's, that's, that's God's love. And if I'm honest, no. If my love is powerful as it is, as, as life-altering as it is, if it's not connected to God's love, it's empty. For some, me talking about love in this way is completely useless. For them, love has nothing to do with God. Love is powerful on its own. Uh, they have their own ideas, their own emotions. It's, it's just a product of popular culture. It's just a product of biology, of chemistry, of evolution. And for those who are thinking along those lines, I guess uh, I'm not here to convince you otherwise. You know, you have, you have your belief, and I'm probably not going to be able to convince you um, any other way right now. That's not what this is for. But Love is a part of human existence. It's a part of the fabric of who we are. It's as natural as breathing, but just like everything else in the natural world, which was created by God, love is impacted by sin in a negative way. 
And when our love is simply shaped by our culture, when it's shaped by our feelings, our emotion, our experiences, we will miss the real power that is inside a godly love, a love that is created by him for a purpose with power and with dignity and, and, and with all sorts of other things behind it. And recently there has been a very large influx of people who for the love of justice, for the love of what is right, a very, very real sense of right and wrong, have protested various social injustices. But I find that large portions of these people and of these organizations, of these groups, have a love that is not connected to power. And because it's not connected to power, their love will not produce the results they want it to produce. Love can change the world. It can change a family. It can change a community. It can change a problem because it has. For God so loved the world and everything changed, but it cannot be a love that simply is created out of our ownness, out of our own self. It has to be a love that is connected to God, that is from God, that is enabled by God, that is real and visceral as it can be. It can't be an echo. It can't be the fake thing. How often has our own love let us down? Think about in your life how many times you've let someone down that you loved. How often have you been let down by, by someone who said they loved you or supposed to love you? How, how often were you hurt unfairly because of love? How often has love produced unhealthy results? How often has love... Uh, been a one-way street for you or for someone else? How often have we loved the wrong thing the exact wrong way? We love one thing. We love one thing, but we can't find love for something else, and so it's hypocritical sometimes. Our love is selective. Real love is more than what we can produce on our own, and sometimes a culture can get really close to producing godly love, but no person, no people group will get it right 100% without the grace, without the example without the person of Jesus Christ, without the person of the Holy Spirit, without those things, their love is broken and incomplete, and they need help finding the real thing. So God so loved the world. That, 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 that's the, the basics of, of existence for us sometimes. But what does that love entail? What does that love look like? You could write a book on it. You know, C.S. Lewis did write a book on it. Other people have written books on it. And uh, it, it will look a lot like what we know and what naturally uh, happens in our lives, but it will also be more complete. It will be more full than what we know on our, on our own. And, and the, the real place to answer this question in, in, in an accurate way is God's Word and His example in the Gospels and, and what, what the disciples write, what Paul writes afterwards, what was inspired um, by the Holy Spirit for them to write. And one of the, the more popular and one of the most familiar places in Scripture where it talks about love is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're not going to break down the entire chapter. Don't have time for that. We're not going to look at every instance of love in Scripture. Don't have time for that. But I do want to look at at least verses 4 through 7 very quickly. And we have a couple of other verses. But it says this, and I, I guarantee you, you've probably heard it before. And you might even know it by heart, but love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not, does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not re rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. What a crazy description of love. 
And almost all of these qualities will be familiar to us in some way as loving qualities, even if we don't always get them 100% of the time. But in your own experiences, I want you to ask yourself, how close do you actually get to fulfilling that kind of love on your own in your own relationships, whether it's with a spouse, a friend, a child, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, because if we're Christians, we're called to love our strangers around us the same way that we love our brothers and our sisters, our moms and dads. And if I'm honest, I fall short every day in some way. Thank God for grace, but I fall short. Yet these adjectives, these qualities found in this scripture in particular is exactly what, what love is. It's who Jesus was. It's what Jesus got right in his life. Uh, he was the perfect model of love. This is how he lived every single day. It, it drove him to do everything he did. And at our best, on our own, without Christ, we can only get pieces of this. We love our kids, but how fast do we get impatient with them? We love God and we love other people, but some of us consistently are pushing to get things that we want over what someone else wants, no matter the cost to the other person, no matter the cost to the other person's desires for what they want. Love is not irritable, but after a long day, after a long, hard day at work, how do we really treat the people that we come into contact with, not just in our, our home, but in the grocery store or on the road? Love rejoices with the truth. We live in a world that doesn't even know the truth. It can't even identify the truth. Truth is nothing. It, it's just something that we create on our own. And, and so we can't even know the truth, let alone rejoice in the truth. We're afraid of the truth most of the time. And so we know what love should look like. We just read those, those, those verses. We just heard those verses. So we know that love is those things, but we don't get it right. The world doesn't get it right. People don't get it right. Organizations don't get it right. Families don't get it right. Churches don't get it right. We don't get it right so often because we try to make love about our own experiences. We try to make love about what we think love should be and not defined by what love actually is in Scripture. John chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 4 is another one of those love chapters in the Bible. Again, can't read the entire chapter, but, but verses 7 through 8 here. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. God is love. It's his nature. It's his person. It's, it's what he does and who he is. They're, inter, they're, 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 they're interchangeable. They're, you can't separate them at all. Um, I don't have time to break that all down, but, but I think it's enough for me to make sure that you understand that we are called to love. We're called to love. That's our job because we were also created to love, and love was created by God, and God is love. We were created in God's image, so that, that's a part of who we are is, is love. Without, without dealing with the sin in our lives, that sin will mess up the love that is inside of us, and we will not be who God made us to be. We, we were made in the image of God. God is love, so we are supposed to be loving in, in the same way that He is, but there is a disconnect if there is sin in our lives. And so we got to deal with that sin. Otherwise, our love is not the type of love, as much as we think it is, as much as 
as we feel like it is, as much as our experience tells us it is, if we've not dealt with the sin, your love is not the type of love that God ever intended it to be. It can get close. You, you can get echoes. You can get reflections. I keep saying those words for a reason because they're, they're images of, of something that's real, but they're not the real thing. But without God's grace in your life, you will never have the type of love that you need to have for your own relationships for other people. If we rely on our own love by ourselves, we will never love the way that was described in 1 Corinthians. We'll never love um, in the type of way that we were designed, like we just talked about in 1 John, and we will never be the humans God wants us to be. You want to feel like complete and whole? You want to get rid of that feeling of disconnect in your life? Set aside what you think about love. Set aside what, what the world says love is, what popular culture says love is, and pick up love, put on love that is in the image of God. And the only way to do that is through grace. Without that grace, without that grace and mercy that enables us to have the real thing, we will be like arrows without the arrowhead. We'll be like cars without tires. We'll be glasses without lenses. We will look like love. We will act like love. We will sound like love, but we will be devoid of the thing that makes that love useful and meaningful in our lives and in the world. Love is not a feeling. It's not just an emotion. There are practical uh, practical portions of love that we need to understand. Love is not just saying yes to people. Love is just not this feeling of warmth towards someone. Love is not even just accepting things inside of people because we somehow think that correction is the opposite of love. We think correction is equated with rejection, but the reality is a big part of love, especially if you're a parent, you know this, is, is correction and guidance. Uh, Psalms 143 verse 8 says, Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. The psalmist here declares that he or she de desires to hear, to hear, to experience the love of God for their life. And that statement, that desire for love, is immediately followed by a request of guidance for, for direction and, 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 and for correction. Love and direction and correction are connected um, intimately. When I fell in love with my, my wife, Tara, I knew that I had to change. I knew that things had to be different. I knew that she was going to have to change. That's part of what love is. I had to be different in order to fulfill that love in our lives. And sometimes that transformation was very painful in my life. But to become one from two requires things to change. And so we must change if we intend to be one with God. Now, let me say this, God is perfect. God is perfect. He's whole in, in and of himself. And so if we want to be a part of him, he doesn't need to change. God does not change. He doesn't need to adjust himself. And so the burden of adjusting, and he gives us the tools to do it, falls on us. He doesn't change. He's perfect. So the thing that's imperfect must change in order to be with the thing that is perfect. Does that make sense? God's not going to change. And so when we say that we love God and we want to be one with God, he is not changing. We must adjust ourselves. And that might mean 
that we've got to critique ourselves. It might mean that we've got to think about who we are, and it might mean that we've got to give up some stuff that we think about um, in our lives. When we say that we love God, unfortunately, especially in North America, I'm afraid that what we're really saying, and I'm putting this in quotation marks, is, God, I hope you still love me enough, even though I'm going to go do things that I know that you probably don't approve of, or I'm going to go go do things that, that I have justified in my, in my spirit and in my mind in order to sort of give me a guilt-free living and guilt-free existence. We are putting the burden of love on God and saying, God, you have to love me because I'm not going to do everything uh, that necessarily would, would please you. So we, we put that burden on God, but the reality is God does love us. His love is never-ending. And literally, we need to pray to understand the depth and the height and the width of the love of, of Jesus Christ in, in our lives because we can't run away from his love. So that's not, the, that's not a burden for God. That's who he is for us. But the question is, are we going to actually love him back? He proved his love through, through, through sacrifice. Are we going to love him back the same way? Are we going to set aside who we think we are? Are we going to set aside ourselves in order to follow him, in order to change? Again, God is perfect. We're not perfect. So in order to to meet with that, there has to be change. And God gave us grace and he gave us mercy and he gave us love in order to make that happen. So are we going to give up our sexual identity? Are we going to give up our dreams? Are we going to give up even our, our gender? Are we going to give up our hopes, our fears? Are we going to give up everything that we are in order to be one with God? Because that's what love is. Jesus gave up everything in order to prove his love. What are we going to do? Love is not just acceptance as is. Love is not just a feeling or an emotion. Love is so much more than that. What are we going to do? Are we going to look at God and say, I hope you love me? Or are we going to look at God and say, God, I, I know you love me. Help me to love you the same way you love me. And that's a challenge for my life. I want to love God the same way that he loved me. Not in a way that enables me to be guilt-free. Not in a way that enables me to just be whoever I want to be. But I want to love God so much that I'm willing to become one with him and transform who I am to be connected to him. I don't want to create an image of love by myself and follow that image. That's like creating a false God and following that false God. I don't want to make God, God's love into a graven image that I've made, that I've created. I want to follow the real thing. I want to follow the real thing. Real godly love has its power when we remember these things. Our love on its own, it can be awesome, but it will fall short by itself. We mess up, we will get it wrong. We make love our own thing. We make our love an idol, and we, we base it on our own ideologies. We base it on our own feelings and the culture that we're living in, and we, we do that, and we turn love into this false image of God. But real love connected to God by grace is full of great things, and, and, and sometimes the greatest attributes of godly love is the ability to see the truth of our failures and then be set free to change and to adjust by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. I hope what I'm saying is making sense. I hope it's not just empty words. I hope it's not just a series of words 
that aren't meaning anything to you. Don't create a love based on your own emotions, your own experience, your own time and place in history, your cultural context. Make sure that the love that you're understanding, the love that you're seeking is a type of love demonstrated by Jesus Christ himself and talked about over and over and over again in scripture. Love that is kind, it is accepting, it is uplifting, it does free you of guilt, but there's transformation in that love. There's critique in that love. There's direction in that love. And it might mean we have to make some sacrifices in order to become one with Christ. God loves you. And I hope, I truly, truly, truly hope that you will learn to love him the same way that he loves you. God bless you guys. If you have questions, you can uh, shoot me a text message if you know my number, some of you do, or you can comment on the YouTube page. I also have a website. Um, it's pretty sure if you just type in the Zach Peters podcast, it'll, it'll come up. Um, but I, I just want you guys to, to thrive and succeed and be encouraged. God bless you guys. See you later.